Welcome to Elevenses podcast with me, Danielle Perry. This is the podcast where we delve into the lives behind our guests by asking them the same 11 questions over a cup of tea, a coffee, or something stronger. The questions unearth some fascinating answers and stories. And today, our guest is a TV presenter, author, comedian, radio producer, actor, and co-founder of a TV production company. Born in Manchester, he started his early work with firm favourites Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, fronted his Sky series An Idiot Abroad and The Moaning of Life, and after a few acting cameos made his full debut in Ricky Gervais's Derek before two series of Sick of It, the latest one being aired at the start of 2020. If that didn't give it away already, I am so thrilled. I'm delighted to welcome my first guest to Elevenses, Carl Pilkington. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Is that an all right intro? Uh, yeah. What, what What did you list there? What's my job? <laughs> I said uh, a TV presenter, yeah. author, yeah. comedian. It's that one. I struggle with that. Do you? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think that's just come about because I've done some stuff with Ricky and Steve, and they're comedians. But I feel like I'm. Not, I don't put me in that camp. But you don't want to be in it. I just don't, I think it adds a lot of pressure. I hate it when people, because it, straight away people go, oh, go on, then make me laugh then. And I've, I, I, you don't yeah, want that. I don't want it. So everything it else out. is good. Okay, fine. No, it's uh, fine though. I, it's good that, leave that in, because it's good that people know that I'm, I'm not that. You, they've probably written that on Wikipedia as well. You're I probably know, in that but camp. That's, that's the annoying thing, isn't yeah. it? Who's, who's made that decision? Who, who wrote that? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what are you having to drink? A lovely strong cup of tea for me, please. I normally, if I wasn't chatting with you, I always, I always have a biscuit with tea. Mm. What sort do you go for? Whatever's in the house. Right. But like happy face biscuits. Oh, nice. Ginger biscuits. Overlooked sometimes. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because when you're younger, I wasn't as fussy. And plus you're not in charge of buying the biscuit. So normally they were rubbish ones because... My mum and dad would just know that they're not going to buy quality, are they? <laughs> We're more feral, aren't we? I, I, I yeah. shouldn't ask you how old you are, but yeah, but I, kids are a lot healthier now. I, I look at kids now and I think you're not eating trifle sponge. No, the teeth are good. Smoothies. They've got six, six packs. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They're just a different species now. I think. Yeah. Whereas me growing up, it was all um, all the food was brown, beige. Yeah. You know, starch. It's changed a lot, hasn't it? When you think about the different... I mean, there's still foods I haven't had when I think about it. It was... You, you had your basics of carrots and peas was your veg. Whereas, um, what was the thing I talked about on one of my trips? And I said to the director, I said, I haven't had one. Is it a kumquat? Kumquat, yeah. I've, I've never had a... What does it look like, a kumquat? Really, they're really attractive, like little... Um, they look little flowers. Spiky things. Yeah, but they're fruits. Yeah, well, I said, I said, I've never had a kumquat. And um, and then when I got back, he bought some, but forgot to give them me and left them in his office in a box and they went rotten, so I still haven't had one. It's always nice to have um, things to look forward to, though, isn't I, it? I think so. There's no <laughs> rush. And what we're going to do now, if that's all right, and you were just talking so so nicely about uh, your childhood memories and stuff, is pull it right back oh, yeah. at the beginning. Young Carl. And uh, your first memory, if you'd be willing to share that with us. <sighs> You just see if I can go further back. For the purposes of this podcast, Carl's really thinking. I am. You've got to shut your eyes, haven't you? Mm-hmm. 
Why is that? Um, so, yeah, I can't get past it. I can't go further back than this. It's just being in the hallway of the house, crawling. So I don't know what age you start walking about, mm -hmm. but I, I was aware, crawling, and the dog was licking my face. Wow. And I think I was just about to mess with the plug on the wall. Uh, so that could have ended differently, but the dog kept me away, licked my face, and I don't really like it now either. The memory or, or the... Of dogs licking faces. You know, some yeah. people... I mean, I love dogs, I love pets and all that, but some people, um, they let them... Uh, have you got a dog? No, but the kissing thing they is get, weird. Yeah, yeah, all I over it. I'm kind of like, oh, don't... What are you doing that for? So I don't know if, if that's this thing of it being a bit overpowering when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. But he stinks, doesn't it? Dog saliva. I mean, they're eating dog food and that. It's yeah. rank. Yeah. But that, I'd say I can't... Let me just think if I can go... It's not that special, that, is it? That's not like an amazing no, moment. No, no, because I was going to ask you about your hallway and what it looked like and it was, you remember all of that as well. It was just um, nothing fancy. A little box. I grew up in a council house in Manchester, so all the houses looked the same. Um... And it's just like this box that's stuck on. You've got two of them, like a porch on one side of the house. And we had our washing machines in there and a, and a toilet. And then on the other side of the house where I was, where the dog was licking my face, in that little box was, um, we had um, one of them, I don't know, you don't see them really, uh, Fridge free, like freezer. Like a chest freezer. Chest freezer. Like the one out of the Who has them? Like yeah. the ones you get in like Iceland and that. <laughs> exactly. And um, it was lovely to lie on top of because it was warm. Of course. Like yeah. a hot tub. Yeah, nice. A, a, a 1970s sort of sunbed <laughs> in a way. It was, honestly. It was really nice and because we didn't have central eating or anything. It was this... Um, Foam was on there. A lot, everyone sort of lay on it, really. There's a lot of clobber on the top of it, considering that it's something that you have to open a lot to get out. <laughs> Take you know, everything uh, off. Mr. Freeze Pops and that. There's a memory <laughs> that's come back that I've talked about before. We nearly died on a freeze pop. All right. Went down the wrong way and it wasn't frozen. And uh, proper, proper, I'm lucky to be sat here today talking to your type incident. Wow. Where I fell to the ground. Oh, God. Probably, I'd say, 32 seconds max. Wow. of what life I had left choking on this thing. Who so, saved you? Uh, my mum. My dad mm. was shouting at me for being greedy because um, he was like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be eating it when it's not frozen. It's a Mr. Freeze pop, you know, the clues in the title. And I, I didn't wait for it to freeze. It was just liquid. Again, that bright liquid sort mm. of 70s, you know, <laughs> Chernobyl-style stuff yeah. in a plastic tube. And... Uh, yeah, I was just, uh, just went down the wrong way. I choked a lot as a kid. I was always like, I don't know if it's greed or if I just had a small throat. I right. don't know, but I just got a lot caught in it. Mint Imperials and bottle tops were the things that always seemed to be stuck in my throat. And, you know, my mum would, she just got used to listening out for me, sort of coughing like a, a cat with a hairball. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just got lost. I think I mean, it seemed a lot longer, but I reckon well over a minute. And oh, my dad wow. came in shouting, shouting at me for being greedy. My mum was doing the old uh, Heimlich thing and she managed to get my hair back and my, 
I was like, look, I nearly died then. And my dad was going, you didn't. I'm going, my lips are blue. And he was going, that's from the ice pop. <laughs> and um, I swear, I, I still think about it now and again when I have a bad day and I think, oh, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being on this planet. I think back to then and go, God, I might not have been. Yeah, right. So I shouldn't, uh, you know, careful what you wish for. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, there's, uh, I'll never forget that. Yeah, fascinating. You sound like you were quite... Um a bright and very aware child. Like those memories are quite early on. What, what advice would you give your younger self now? Sitting here today, what advice, if you're looking back, would you give younger Carl? So what... Uh, God, that's a tricky one, isn't it? <laughs> it's interesting, because as me, I don't think I'd give him any advice. And I think even as a kid, I wouldn't want it. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> because at the same time, life, that's... I don't like giving advice to anyone because what's to say it's going to be the same for them as it was for you and, mm. you know. Would you say it's a pet hate of yours then? Advice? People, yeah. Yeah. I th it's weird because I like listening to people. I like listening to people more than uh, talking, to be honest. I, I haven't, I, I'm not that good at making mates and a bit of it is because you have to get involved a lot and sometimes they want advice that's what they say a friend isn't it and I, I remember one day when I was walking around thinking oh should I have more mates and I was walking in fact I was in New York and I was walking past people because Americans are louder aren't they mm. so you can hear what they're saying and every time I walked past people talking it involved someone giving someone advice right it was always if I was you what I'd do mm. you know and don't worry about her, you know, she does this, what you want to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's interesting, and then I was like, is that all people talk about? It's just everyone telling each other what to do. Yeah. And who's got the right answer? And life is just working it out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you were born, you come out and someone gives you an handbook and says, there you go, that's what to do, how boring would that be? It'd be terrible. It'd be shocking. Depending and, on who, who wrote it as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's right? So, and and then the people who you look up to, you know, I, I I'm quite jealous of really intelligent people who can string sentences together perfectly, and you know, seem to have life sussed. But a lot of those people, the more and more you listen to them, you you realise that they're not they're not right in the head. There's a lot of trouble going on. Mm. No one's normal. That's the weird thing. There's a lot of people who go, I like them. They seem really grounded, normal. Everyone's normal until you get to know them. And then when you get to know them, you realise everyone is mental. <laughs> the cracks start to I, show. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I think just forget... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even... Do you know what? I wouldn't even want to tell younger Carl that I'm the older one. I'd just... I'd sort of... Uh, I'd keep walking. Right, OK. Yeah, That's leave him. <laughs> Has anyone else said that? Is that really bad? Does that say no, something no, bad no, about No, 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 but it's, it's a really fascinating answer that you're given because it, 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 you have your sort of... You strike me as such a comfortable person within your own skin. My I'm next, not, Well, my next question is, when did you completely feel like you? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, I'm not comfortable as myself. You know? I don't think I ever have been either. There's different levels. I think my confidence has got a little bit better maybe. But then there's times when I wish it hadn't because when you get confident, sometimes that's when you make mistakes. Mm. Um, oh, God. 
that's the goal, isn't it? Isn't that what like Buddha people say about being comfortable with yourself, being at one with yourself? Contentment. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose contentment is at one with yourself, isn't it? I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I just don't think I ever am. It's like I'm never happy. I'm never at ease with anything. All the work I've done, it never seems good enough. And I go, I shouldn't even be given the opportunity to do the work that I've done. And I want to be better. But that's, it's really bad, isn't it? And then what I have to do is uh, gardening, I find sort of puts me at ease a little bit because I'm just focusing on a really simple task. Mm. That's when I'm at ease. Yeah. But it won't be forever. Yeah. And, and then it gets to a point when I get sick of work and I go, I'm not doing any more work. I've said it so many times, it's like, it's not for me. I've got to find something else. And then I try and be creative in another way, create something else. And at the minute, I've just ordered a um, origami kit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Paper crafting. Paper crafting is something you can just make something, you focus on it. It doesn't involve a lot of equipment. You know, you don't, you know, like people say, oh, get into music. And it's like, yeah, but you've got to buy this thing and then you might not like it. And then it's there in the corner collecting dust. Yeah. I'll need paper. Do you know what I mean? Origami <laughs> isn't something, there's not much investment. It's little bits of tissue. You make something, you go, I did that. And you either put it on a shelf or you scrumple it up, put it in the bin, or you unfold it and put your shopping list on it. Yeah. It's not going to be, be a fine. waste of time. It's going to be fine. So I'm, I'm, I'm always into little things like that because I'm never at ease I look at me dad or or other people and sort of go no one's content I'm trying to think of someone who are, who would you say you look at and you go they're really content and they, they're happy with their own skin and I've got a few pals probably but they're all someone famous though someone who you famous. go they've got it sorted I'd like to think Joanna Lumley did. She looks quite content to me. Joanna Floating Lumley. around, being fabulous, yeah. She's pretty cool, isn't she? Yeah, I don't know. I've never met her. And Who she would cries you say? a lot. Cries a lot, though, Does doesn't she? she? <laughs> yeah, she, she was on one of her travel programmes and she saw some goat on a roof in some, I don't know, Kazakhstan or one of those sort of, I, I don't know, wherever. It's too much. And there was a goat on the roof and she was just like, that's beautiful. And she started crying and I thought, she's not stable. You shouldn't be crying at a goat. She's probably a lovely woman, I shouldn't judge. And maybe you shouldn't have told me, Joanna Lumley, it's your fault. But, but the thing is, I think we're all messed up and a bit of me is jealous of Joanna Lumley crying at a goat because I haven't got... My girlfriend's always crying at films and stuff. She cries. She was crying today, like, listening to the radio on the way here. And a bit of me thinks, I wish I could be that emotional. But I, I'm always a little bit suspicious of everything. <laughs> and then I'll, I'm trying to look at myself. So there's your question. You just said about, I'm clearly still trying to work myself out. Okay. I'm always doing the self-reflection thing. And when I do something... And if it annoys someone or makes someone happy, it can be good or bad, I try and look at what I just did and why it had that effect and if I was right or wrong. Okay. So I'm still learning. Okay. I don't think you ever get the answer either. I think just just the last breath that you take, I think you lie there and go, what was all that You'll about? Go, oh, boom. Maybe. Yeah. Do you have recurring dreams? Is there one that you've always had since you were a youngster? I don't, I don't... Um, I'd say since the age of 13, 14, I don't sleep that well. I've got know? a bad back. 
I was in a shop the other week trying to get a new mattress. A decent mattress is so expensive. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Um, it's not a reoccurring dream. I had one a few weeks ago when I lost everything and uh, living in a really rough flat, in a rough place. And I was like, what has happened? Why have we lost everything? And do you know when you wake up and you're so relieved? Yeah. And it makes you appreciate everything again. Yeah. But that's not reoccurring. That's obviously a little anxious thing. Maybe it was before I started promoting the TV thing I've done. So that I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. And I remember a dream I had when Ricky and Steve, you know, before or during the podcasting, mm. I'm not from this world of telly and entertainment and putting yourself out there. So I'm not that comfortable with it. And when I first started doing it, I remember having a dream uh, where I went into a toilet, sat there doing my bit, and then uh, Ricky pushes the door open and there was a big audience sat there looking oh, at me on the toilet. That's horrific. So again, that was a, an anxious thing. That was a yeah, putting yeah. myself out there to strangers. Yeah. And I'm not happy. At your most vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. I am, yeah. My pants around my ankles with an audience <laughs> and Ricky stood there laughing with that laugh he's got. <laughs> and so I'd say most dreams that I have that I remember, they're, they're not all the same, but they're all the same theme. That's and it's normally the fear of... Uh, not being in control, I suppose. Yeah. It's like, you know, my life's changed and I don't know why. A load of people looking at me on the toilet. I'm sure there's another one. Chasing in a tunnel when you're running and a train's coming and there's, you know, you're just running. Mm. Yeah, and sleep's meant to be relaxing. I know, right? You wake, wake up, up shattered. <laughs> Talking now about sort of, if there was maybe a piece of a work of art or a piece of music or something that goes under the umbrella of art that takes your breath away. So one song, one album, one artist, anything like that. Uh, something that recently, that isn't, it was more of a nature thing. Do you know um, a murmuration? Yeah, I live in with Brighton. The birds. We oh, right, well, they've got yeah. a good one there, haven't they, on the yeah. end of the pier. That sort of thing for me is like, and it happens, it's the time of the day, it happens, it's either sunrise or sunset, which is my favourite times of the day, really. Mm -hmm. There's something really calming. The noise seems to calm down and every, everything seems to sort of just, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm at ease at those times and my favourite job I've ever had was my paper round. And again, that was like, because I was up mega early, no one else is up. It's like I'm the king of the planet type thing. Yeah, it's so beautiful. the murmuration is like, it's my favourite time of the day. And then you've got all these, these starlings, aren't they? Mm. Thousands of them. And I saw one in, um, where was it? I think it was in Devon somewhere. And um, it's just like, it's chaotic, but it's organised chaos, isn't it? it? Takes your breath away a bit, doesn't Thousands it? Thousands of starlings yeah. doing some sort of dance. And I don't know who's leading it. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know when it's going to end, but it just does suddenly. Yeah. It's like thousands of starlings whizzing about and then suddenly it just ends and it's just like the best mm. show ever. And the thing is, it's turning, it's especially because I went to see that especially. So there's the thing of, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? We live in such mm. a world of like everything's on demand. That's it. Yet this thing is nature. You can't make it happen. It's not like, excuse me, I'm here for the, the murmuration. What time does it start? <laughs> And, you know, go and get a seat over there. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to happen. And um, so that anticipation 
of it is really good. And plus, I'd travel quite a long way to see it. So it's that thing of, we could be going home here, it's might not going to happen. So there's that, and then it happens, and it's this sort of noise that you get from it, from the wings, and um, I love it. So that's, I mean, it is art, isn't it? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that sort of art, and the, and then there's stuff like the Lowry stuff. I like that sort of, um, it's not brilliant drawing stuff, but it's life going mm. on so did you see the film the recent one? Oh no with uh, Timothy Ball I watched it like last week it's is it good? good yeah it is good because I like Lowry I think it's really interesting stuff yeah it's just um, I mean maybe part of it is because I'm from the north so a lot of those factories and things were still there they're not now they're all fancy flats you know what I mean it's, yeah. but um, I used to do similar sort of drawings uh, when I was a kid with me mum and we'd just get uh, pieces of, uh, you know, like Formica, mm. like rubbish sort of wood, but glossy. Yeah, it was yeah, from like cheap wardrobes and that, from MFI and that. For some reason, we always had pieces of that around the house. And um, we'd draw on that with like a, a bingo pen. Right. You know, the big fat yeah, pens yeah. that my mum had got a bingo with. And you could draw on this Formica, and then once you'd done it all, you could wipe it away. Perfect. So I'd draw, it was always stuff like a, a football field with kids playing football, an old man watching, you know, an old woman with pulling a supermarket trolley, um, a bit of rubbish, a dog chasing someone. So it was kind of like life. Yeah. And so they, they were really similar. I don't think I'd seen Lowry and then thought, I'll draw that. It was just drawing what you knew, and I think that's what mm. he did, didn't he? Oh, yeah, totally. You know, I'm sure if you live somewhere fancy, he'd be doing whatever, uh, what's his name? Who, who is it who did the fancy lake with the flat? Um, begins with M. Monet. Monet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was the lake man, wasn't he, with the bridge? The one. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure if Lowry lived there, he'd have done that, but Lowry did what was on his doorstep, and I think even... That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you don't change as a person. Mm. Doesn't matter how much money you've got on that. Um, your background sort of sticks with you, and that's kind of, yeah, that's what I drew. Yeah, the Starling thing. I mean, we didn't have them in Manchester, so I don't know where that came from. I think I saw Bill Oddie watch oh, one Bill once, Oddie. and Bill Oddie's like quite an angry little man. And yet, when I saw him see them Starlings, he seemed really at ease, and I thought, I want a bit of that. Exactly. And it's all very well seeing something on the telly, but with the telly, the telly makes everything... I think they even put music on it. And on you still the telly. didn't cry. I, I didn't cry, no, but <laughs> I tell you what, thinking about it, I'm, I've got a little bit of a... I've got a little bit of a shake going on here. So it's having, I'm still sort of thinking, oh, it is amazing. Oh. But they put music on the Starlings on the Bill Oddie programme, and I remember thinking... Why have they added music to mm. this? It doesn't need it. Didn't need Coldplay, did it? It doesn't need it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're in that world, aren't we? Oh, let's layer it on. Let's try and layer something else. But the noise of the birds Isn't, should be yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, so there you go. What's your ambition? Um, I've never had one since. The, I, was, I had one when I was a kid. I wanted to be on the radio and then I, I managed that. Is that what ambition means? Is it always work-related? No, not always, no. I, I feel like I should. I should do more when I when I'm when I'm always talking about being in work and not working anymore. I tried it once. I tried retiring once. I lasted seven months. I was like, oh, I can't do it. But I know that feeling's coming on again that I can't do work anymore because it does me head in. And you know, I watch the news and you hear about 
people who do something more with their life. Do you know when they do something for a charity? I agree. I, I feel the same. I and feel like I should do like, something more. It's like, what can more. I do? But what worries me is suddenly they say, yeah, especially when you've done stuff on the telly, suddenly you're special for some reason. I don't know why, because we're all knobheads at the end of the day on the telly. It's because we're no good at anything else and um, anything important. And yet they sort of go, will you be an ambassador for something? And you go, come off it. You know, that means standing in front of people and being a good talker. You'd be good at that. I'll come, honestly, I'm I'm so not. It depends what mood I'm in. Right. And I can't, I can't, I can't do you can't like turn these it on. speeches. Yeah, that you know, like, come on, people. You know, like people can, like Morgan Freeman at the end of Independence <laughs> yeah. Day and all that. I'm not that sort. So a bit of me feels like I, I should do something that's really worthwhile. Maybe because uh, it's not over, is it? Just because you're dead doesn't mean it's over. You can leave your legacy. You can leave something. You can leave a quote or a way. And I might, I might do something. If you, I don't know, I've, I could. I, Something could happen around the corner that I don't know about yet. There's a quote about how you die twice. And it was like, once when you die, and then again, when your name's said for the last time. Oh, right, I've never heard that before. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a finality, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, someone at some point, because people still talk about you when you're dead, and then at some point, somewhere on the planet, someone will say your name for the last time, and then that's it, they move on, and no it. one talks about you again. But you, So you never know. You never know if... Uh, I hear stuff, I hear, I hear bits like stuff that I've done in the past has cheered people up and they tell me how it brought people out of a dark space or whatever and you go, oh, that's good. Because at the time when I was doing the thing, I wasn't thinking about this being that important. Mm. And then you hear how it's changed someone's life and you go, oh, that's a pretty nice feeling. So maybe, maybe we're all going to do it without even knowing it. Should you know? Is that is it so we feel better? Probably. Or just some people like to have that personal kind of goal, that focus. I suppose it depends on your character, doesn't it? Have you see, because I've never really had a proper plan, I don't know. I haven't got an mm. aim and maybe that is maybe that's better and uh, an ambition, anything else that I'm thinking of. It's probably less pressure, it's probably a more peaceful life. I think so. I think that's where the everything's going wrong, all this. I've never had a five-year plan. People talk about mm. five-year plans and you've got to be better, you've got to do better. It's such an unhealthy message, isn't it? Mm. It's a bit like how the money thing, how businesses run and, you know, it's like we've got to make more money this year. We've got to make more. Why aren't you just happy with the amount you made last year? <laughs> it's enough, isn't it? You're paying everyone. Yeah. Staff's being made and profit's being made. Why is it always more? Get more. It's, it's kind of like, no, get less. Do less this year. <laughs> and then next year do a bit more or whatever yeah. or get the same. Maybe that is progress. Everyone's just like, you know, looking always forward, but maybe just sort of standing still is progress, isn't it? If you're churning over and you're operating, that's all you need Course, to do. Of course, yeah, it? you're not dead. You're carrying on, you've got up, you're doing something. It's, mm. uh, it's so unhealthy, isn't it? Speaking of this, actually, this leads quite nicely onto the next question, which is when were you at your happiest? Yeah. <laughs> and would you like another cup of tea? I'd love one, yeah. Is Adam going to make it? Because he knows how to make it. <laughs> no diss to you. We'll have a look at that. It's that. It's that with no sugar, that colour. It's really important on the colour. Cheers for that. <laughs> Cheers. When was the last happy? No, when were you at your happiest? Mm. 
And it's funny, isn't it? Because you don't, when you're at your happiest, you never realise it, do you? Yeah. You, did, you don't know at your, your happiest. It's such a waste. I mentioned it to you before, doing my paper round. Right. There's just, I was earning money. I liked having, you know, I was doing that at a time when I was rubbish at school. I knew I was rubbish as well, that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of kids who don't know be rubbish. They're just kind of getting on with the life. But I knew I was rubbish. And I knew that I was about to have to leave school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, it's a scary time, really. And I just think the paper round, it's like I've got a purpose. I knew I was really good at it. I've said this before in interviews. So I'd, 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 it's got to be genuine you know mm. what I mean it's not just like this is just what's coming to me head it sticks with me that you know I had a responsibility the bloke who run the shop knew I was good at it yeah. he relied on me I got in early and I did my round and then went back to see if anyone else hadn't turned up because I was happy to do another round and get some more money and it was just no one telling me what to do I knew what to do and it was simple and riding about on my bike, which was what I liked doing. Mm -hmm. I'd listen to the radio on my headphones sometimes, again, which I liked doing. It's just, it, everything about it was just perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, we've seen you obviously have so many working relationships with people like yeah. Stephen and Ricky on yeah. screen. Yeah. Who, though, is your best friend? Well, it's my girlfriend, isn't it? Mm. I've been with her, Suzanne, for 20 Odd years, 26, coming up, to, I think 26 years this year. Um, and it's difficult, uh, I think I already said to you, making friends is, you know, proper friends, it's hard, isn't it? Really hard. And I know we live in a world where it's like social media, but that isn't, that doesn't count, that's not friends, that's not, it's just, I don't know what that is, I, I don't get involved in it, I don't know what it is. Um... With Suzanne, I can, I can say what I'm thinking without it being... No-one gets offended. She knows I'm asking something because I want to know the answer. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just... We, you can just be yourself. I mean, you're talking before about, you know, when I'm uh, myself or whatever. I'd say I'm, I'm most at ease and most myself when I'm with her because I'm not thinking... God, how's that person going to take that? Yeah. You know, am I going to upset them? I don't want to upset anyone. But it's... Uh, and it's hard making friends. Once, you, once you're in the public eye, you're on the back foot. You know, you meet someone new who mm. could potentially be your best mate, but they, they, they're a... What's the, what's the way to say it? They're um, What is it? Like, they've got the advantage... Because they know more about you than you know about them. Yeah, that's super weird, actually, isn't it? It's, it's like they've well got a head start. Cheers for that. That look, does look like an all right tea. <laughs> the colour's good. <laughs> yeah, that's all right, that. Yeah, um, yeah it's like yeah, a head so, start, isn't it? So they know, they know a bit more about you and, and you know nothing about them. And they, they've, they've maybe already got an opinion on you, even mm. though they don't even know you. They only know you from your radio or telly or something you've said once. And they're judging you all on that. And yet, I, I just wish you could sort of go fresh start here, forget everything. Just judge on what you're seeing in front of you now. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so I do struggle on the friend friend front. 
Got any um, pals from school that you keep? Yes, in touch I have. With? Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, yeah, mate Laurie, who I see uh, every minimum every other week. Oh, nice. Um, and it's good to talk, sort of go back and talk about growing up and uh, memories because it keeps it keeps the memories alive, doesn't it, old mates? I think they, so. They really are, you know, and that's. Yeah, that, I think that's really important. I, I, maybe I live in my past a bit too much, but it's the thing you always go to as the... Uh, Comforting though, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. And um, yeah, with my mate, uh, and there's another mate who keeps saying we're going to meet up, Darren Buckley. But he's uh, he's busy, he's kind of got a family now. I haven't got kids. He's got kids, about four or five of them. Oh, he's really So busy. when we talk about, like, oh, let's have a weekend away somewhere... Me and Laurie were like, actually, he probably can't. He's probably like, he's got no, he's, to always do probably, something for his kids. No, he probably his... really wants to go. He pro- oh, he, I mean, he talks <laughs> like he's up for it. And then he says, I remember like, this was about nine months ago, and it was like, what about spring 2020? And it's like, I don't know where I'm going to be then. <laughs> but for him, that's how his life is. It gets like that. It gets like, he's, he's yeah, he's, he's like a proper diary, and it's like, I, I, I can't live like that. But, um, yeah, my mates... I suppose just because they know me, we've got something in common. And I think that's the struggle I have with um, social media and like suddenly a load of people following every word you say. I don't think it was ever meant to happen, you know. I don't like it. I I find it weird. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it works. I think, you know, when people say like humans are sociable animals, Mm. I don't think they mean Twitter. I think they mean like a tribe in a jungle and then you have your circle and you all look out for each other and you all live in that same place and you all know the same people and when you say something, everybody kind of knows what you're saying because you're all from the same place. Yes. But when you blurt something out and then someone texts it the wrong way and they don't quite understand what you meant, it all kicks off and people are outraged. I don't think... It doesn't work. It doesn't work, you know, and that's why... You can't be yourself on social media, even though... And if you can't be yourself, it's like, God, what... what? I don't get... I don't understand what life is. Mm. If you can't be yourself and you've got to put this other life out there and then you're stepping on eggshells, whatever the saying is, I'm really surprised that it's lasted as long as it has. And it's not going, is it? It's not going away, is it? I thought it might. I know, I thought it might. And yet everyone's talking, but no one's listening and... I don't know. What was your question again? I'm trying to think if I've even given you an answer. No, you have. He's your what best friend. That? He's my best mate. So, yeah. yeah, my girlfriend. She's... And I hope I'm hers. I think I am. But she's more... Um, like I say, she did better than me at school and uh, she's brainier. So it's it's weird. I've, I've said it before. I sort of use her as my backup drive, in a way. <laughs> the hard drive. The hard drive. <laughs> she's got a better brain. She can remember stuff I've said or like, um, or it's like Google, you know what I mean? Mm. If she's in and I don't understand something, I don't watch the news if she's not there because I don't understand what's going on. Mm. She's like a, she's like a little Google. It's like, what, what, what's going on here? Why is everyone angry? And she'll she have to pause it and go, this is what's going on. Brilliant. So um, She sounds great. No, she is, she's good. And I always think it's going to get to a point where she, she runs off. But I think maybe... Um, I must, she must get some out of me. Well, you've been together how long? 20, 20 odd years? 26 years, yeah. <laughs>
What do you think your worst quality is? It's not listening, but I am listening. It's just that for some reason it just doesn't go in. And I, I don't know. I think if I had some tests, they'd probably say, oh, you've got this and that and the other. But I can't be bothered having the tests because they can't change me. And I don't want to... It's too late. They could probably get, stick me on some pills and say, oh, I, you seem calmer now. But it's like, well, I do, but uh, the pill's doing that. And where have I gone? Exactly. So, um, listening and, and the other thing is... And this is because I don't really listen. Oh, because my brain's a mess. Uh, sort of shouting. I get frustrated because I can't put into words what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And then I feel no one's listening to me. So that I feel the only time they listen to me is when I sort of raise my voice. Okay, yeah. And it, doesn't, it never gets above that. I'm not violent or anything. But I have to sort of shout because it's the only time people sort of turn and sort of go, ooh, hang on. What's he He's saying? not happy. Yeah, yeah. But I hate it because it takes a lot of energy to shout. And yeah. then it, uh, you don't always get your point across clearly and then you have to apologise. And luckily I work with people who know what I'm like and work with me long enough and they know it happens now and again. And I don't, I don't mean, I don't go mental. I don't, I'm not throwing stuff about, but I just get so frustrated that I go, oh, here's a shouty bit. I can feel it coming on. Yeah. But I go, I'm doing it because you're all just not listening to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to say something. No one's listening. Has that been a life frustration for you? Because if you take that back with the whole listening thing, with the pop, the freeze pop, and they're going, you weren't listening. It's like full <laughs> circle, isn't it? It's from that. <laughs> it's a brain thing, isn't it? I don't think Stephen Fry has to shout because he knows what words to explain what he's trying to get across. Mm. As, as a person sat here the other side of this cup of tea... I, I haven't thought once that you couldn't put anything into eloquently. I think that's one of your actual um, best qualities. Well, yeah, it's weird. I, I don't feel... It's bad then, isn't it? Because I feel like I'm not, which isn't good. I wish... It should be the other way around. <laughs> I'd prefer it if I thought I could and everybody else thought I couldn't. <laughs> exactly. Because it's me who's got to put up with the Forget stress those in reviews, I'm great. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's a confidence thing and I yeah. think from... I know that from a young age... I was never confident. Me, my head teacher at the time said I'd never be a high flyer. And my mum and dad took that and they believe that, which I, I like. I thought I, I also think that gave me a lot of freedom because no one expected anything from me. Mm, yeah. Because it's just like, oh, he's a thick kid. So that, that totally, that's like all the chains are off because, you know, it's not like this kid is a genius. I feel sorry for those kids more than me, to be honest, when people go, mm. this is a genius. Put him yeah. into all sorts of special schools and that. It's like, well, you, hang on, what about him? What about yeah, the person? Exactly. What, about, what do they want? Yeah, right. We touched on it earlier and you were talk, when you were talking about your dreams, I think, with your anxiety dreams and everything. Mm. But my next question is, what are you scared of? And that doesn't have to be a deep question. It could just be rats <laughs> or something. But I'm just curious if there's anything you're particularly scared of. I'm not, I, in fact, on the drive there, I was talking to my girlfriend about death and she's quite scared of death. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not scared. It's going to happen and it's when you're at ease, isn't it? When it's all over. And you don't know about it. So I'm not... I'm not. The, the way you die is something to be sort of scared about. But again, you can't be scared of it because you don't know how it's going to happen. You've got no control over it. Do you mean like a something that um, some people would love but you, but you shouldn't be scared of, but you are? There's what? feelings, there's times when I feel uneasy. Yeah. Like when I'm driving past a uh, set of uh, 
what is it when you're driving and it's not a pelican crossing, it's a crossing but oh, with traffic crossing. lights. Yeah. yeah, I always have a fear that someone's just going to walk out and I'm going to squash them. Right. So there's that and, and there's that fear of when you know there's a sneeze coming on, you're doing 70 miles an hour down the motorway and you're kind of going, I'm going to lose control of this in a minute. So it's the losing control It's thing. adrenaline. Right. Yeah, losing control. In yeah. fact, see, everything about me is control, really. Yeah. That thing of, I've, I've never been able to do a bungee jump because it's that thing of just letting go of everything. I can't think of something, that's one good. thing that I'm scared of. No, that's good. That's really that good. That was a long answer, wasn't it? No, I like it. I could picture it. Edit I'd it. I'd be scared. Edit it. Edit it. Just <laughs> get to the... Yeah. Um, this is your final question, Carl, while you have a sip of tea. Um, and I was wondering what your greatest achievement has been. Uh, greatest achievement. I've done that. I think going back... I mentioned it to you before about how, um, you know, I've made programmes and stuff and you just think, oh, it's fluffy telly, it's not important. What difference does it make? There's loads of TV channels, loads of programmes, it's just all filling time of people's lives before they do something that's really important. But I remember being in, uh, it was after first series of Idiot Abroad and I was doing second series of Idiot Abroad and we'd landed in Alaska and was waiting for the luggage and uh, someone came over. I said, oh, you Carl? I was like, yeah. And they said, will you come and say hello to family? I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. We've got loads of luggage to wait for. Come over. Chatting, there was like five of them. And I was like, Carl, have you just flew in? They were like, no, I've come to see you. All oh, right. I was like, know? how did you know? And they went, oh, I've just heard. And I, I, I really don't know how they knew. But anyway, so stood there chatting, chatting, chatting. Wander off back. And then uh, the mum comes running over and says, look, really appreciate that. I'm like, look, it doesn't matter. Just having a chat. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I was going nowhere. You're not holding me up. It's just a chat. And she was like, no, you don't understand. Um, my daughter, um, she'd been really depressed. She'd lost her husband. And... Uh, she hadn't laughed for ages and then we were sat around the telly one night and we watched your programme and then she'd, she'd laughed. Oh, wow. And uh, you don't you don't understand, like, she sort of snapped her out of it. And it... It's one of them things where I just was like... You sort of go, oh... You don't think about the, the, the knock-on effect that you can have when you do anything. Yeah, for sure. You just think, oh, it's nothing you do is important. But, yeah, it sort of hit home that it was like, bloody hell, made a difference there. Yeah. And I'd sort of look back and she was laughing and that. And you can imagine how important that... I mean, it's important to be able to laugh, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that I'd say that that was a point when I kind of thought... Oh, this is worthwhile, actually. Mm. And was that quite? A, it sounds like quite a moment for you, where you must have been walked away, going, "Oh." It just that. suddenly it, it was. It was just this thing because remember, it was a program called Idiot Abroad. I hated the title, <laughs> so and and you kind of, <laughs> you know, people judge me on that, and they kind of don't know me, and they just go, oh, "He's an idiot. He's an idiot." And so that rubs off, and. You kind of think, yeah, it is all pointless and it's it's just it's just, you know, what's it all about? But then hearing that from mm. it's not it's not even friend of a friend said this, it was there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And the fact that she came back and 
Yeah, just it, it's just one of them things. It stuck with me. I mean, that was about two thousand and eleven. Maybe everyone since is going to know that knobhead can't stand him. But it doesn't matter because that one time it, it it had made a difference. Yeah, totally. To that family, and you saw her, and yeah. I saw yeah, saw it. It wasn't just like you know. I get messages now and stuff, and people say, "Oh, you brought me out of a low moment or whatever." But it was it was seeing it. Yeah. And thank God, like, I wasn't in a, you know, it was a long flight. Thank God I wasn't in a mood or something and just went, we haven't got time. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, give yeah. people time because you never know what they're going to say. Exactly. And what that does to you, really. It's true. You know, the, the, it's like, if I didn't know that story, I could still be sat here going, everything I've done is pointless. So as much as they were sort of saying thanks to me for what you've done, it was a little bit of a pat on the back as well. Yeah. To me, even yeah. though I felt like... I. I didn't think I'd do that ever in my life. Like I'd make a difference, but um, so I'd say that was it stuck with me, and I can't think of another yeah I another think, moment. I think that's a, a perfect way actually yeah to end this. Nice and thank one. you so much because yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Cheers, no, thanks for and, having me on. Um, this is nice from, not to you know do stuff where you've got time just to think and chat and that everything's normally hurry up. Yeah, give us an answer. Yeah, having a brew and having a chat—it's perfect. I'll listen to the others. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, I loved that conversation. I adored it. The thing I love about Carl Wright is that he speaks so much sense. Weaving in and out of the comedy and his natural storytelling, I think he's got his finger so on the money and he's um, honestly phenomenal company to share a brew with. Loved it. Um, if you loved it as much as I did, please do give us a rating if you're listening on Apple. And please also do subscribe to the series so you never miss another episode. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Danielle Perry. So I look forward to our next cuppa. Hold up. 